Welcome to the podcast of Azel Christian Church. We are a Disciples of Christ church community in Azel, Texas. We invite everyone to be who you are with us, the doubting, the believing, the wondering, and everything in between. On this podcast, you'll hear our pastor, Rev. Russell Clark, preach on how the expansive and generative love of God is seen through Jesus, the prophets, the early church, and the faith forebearers, and how this love helps us care for the world more deeply and faithfully. Sometimes it's messy and tough, but it is good news, and it is for you. When Star Wars came out in 1977, people flocked to the theaters over and over and over again to see this film. The original Star Wars is still one of the highest grossing films of all time. The success of Star Wars is significant because when the film was released in the 1970s, the reason people returned to the theaters over and over again is because they didn't know if they would ever see this film again. There was no guarantee back then that this film would be available to watch at home. It's kind of hard to imagine these days, especially for our kids, when everything is available to download on your phones or tablets or computer or television with just a click of a button. People did not have access to pretty much every film like it is released like we do today. Seeing Star Wars back then was a once in a lifetime experience. David Kinnaman argues that the challenge for churches today has much to do with the cultural shifts of access, alienation, and authority. Kinnaman says that for better or worse, young adults are sensing, perceiving, and interpreting the world today and their faith and spirituality through screens. People today have unlimited access to any movie they want long after it is in theaters, and they can access so much more than movies. Music, movies, shows, books are all available to stream or download with an entire catalog at our fingertips. The world has more access to information than ever before. The pandemic added another dramatic shift to what could be capable online. We learned that work, school, and even church could be done online and even be done well. Employers could hire people from across the country because all the work could be completed from their homes and meetings could be held online. Both of my trainings that I've done for our denomination have been completed from our office at home through Zoom. I have dad friends who I've gotten to know for 10 years through social media, but I have never physically met them in person. Michael Beck and Rosario Picardo, they shared that Netflix has 150 million unique monthly visitors and 96% of Americans shop online now. And the average American adult spends 5.4 hours a day on their smartphone. And in 2016, Facebook became the largest nation on earth. The digital space is inhabited by the largest human population in the history of civilization. It is by far the most enormous mission field ever. Some people prefer to be online more than they do to be physically present with someone. This leads to the second cultural shift, alienation. People today are more inclined to seek advice from their peers than they are from their parents, from family, or from older adults. They find their information from social media more than they do the newspaper or the nightly news. 
Younger kids today prefer to watch kids or families play with toys or games on YouTube than they play with toys or play games themselves. Then the truth is many young adults do not have a network of older adults to help them succeed. And this is why so many younger people feel and act alienated from our traditional society. They'd rather seek answers from Google than from a doctor. They'd rather text the pastor than have them visit their home, if they even talk to the pastor for advice or prayer. Sometimes they'd rather ask their peers because the authority of a pastor isn't what it used to be. And young adults are known to consult the internet for religious answers and questions more than their pastor. This is connected to the third cultural shift, authority. Much has changed with how young adults perceive authority. They are among the least likely to name the Bible as a sacred scripture. They live in a more religiously diverse network of peers than previous generations of Americans and have been taught to respect these religious differences. We are no longer living in a modern society where there is a utopia, a defined place that everyone aspires towards. We live in a postmodern society where the definition of authority and success and family and a good life looks different for everyone. Everyone today has an opinion about everything and it's hard to know who to trust. Because of our access to so much and our alienation from others, it's hard to have a system today for young people to evaluate all that they see. Thus, young people are more inclined to define spirituality on their own terms with a lack of credit for authority. So, how could the church respond to these cultural changes of access, alienation, and authority? How can we be a new generation of Christians, or as Gabe Lyons refers to us as the next Christians? The way I see it, we have three choices. We can be like the younger brother in the prodigal son story. We can run away from the church like much of America and do what everyone else is doing. We can try, try to do things our own way, alienated from church institutions and communities and unable to define any authority in our lives because we are overwhelmed by all the access we have to so much information. Or we can be like the older brother in the prodigal son story. We can look down on all these young people with their smartphones and their sassy mouths and we can wish for things to be like they used to be while not attempting to understand their differences we have with one another and how we can bridge our generational gaps. Or we can be like the father in the prodigal son story. We can welcome everyone and invite them to be a part of our family. But more than that, we can listen to those outside our church doors because we have to understand that because of this cultural shift of access, alienation, and authority, there are some people who will never step foot in this church again. The father today can't always wait for the prodigal son to come home, but to meet them where they are. Either they have been hurt by the church, or they have been persuaded by our postmodern society to not trust the church, or they become so alienated by their unlimited access to information that sitting in a church service for an hour doesn't seem to be worth their time. This requires us to be the church differently today. What we do in here is meaningful and beneficial to us, and for many of us, it's a highlight of our week. But we have to have fresh expressions of being the church in a digital age. That's what Michael Beck points out. You know, I understand that a big part of my ministry today 
is making myself available to people online through Realm and Facebook and Messenger and texting and email. A big part of your ministry is also by reaching out to people online to let them know you're thinking of them and that they're not alone. You are a voice of the church in this digital age. Everything that you and I do online is part of our digital footprint that is a representation of who God is and who our church is and who we are as disciples of Christ. Everything we post and share and laugh at helps or hinders people from knowing the love of God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And not taking ourselves too seriously, but having a sense of humor can be just as important to show people our true fun selves. We can be like Jesus, who was always leaning in two directions at once. He always spent time in prayer, being very attentive to who God, the, his father, wanted him to be. And he also spent much time leaning in the other direction, being very attentive to the needs of his world. How can we bridge the gap between, being, between the way the world is changing and who we are called to be as a church, as disciples of Jesus Christ? How can we lean in two directions at once? We do this through bridging the generational gap. We do this through listening so we better understand one another. We all have wants and needs. We all have hopes and desires for this church and for our own lives. The way to care for one another is to understand that we all have these different wants and desires, and what speaks to you may not speak to somebody else, and what speaks to someone else may not speak to you. We can understand that authority and the Bible and God doesn't look the same to someone else as it might to you, and we can be okay with that. We can wrestle with the tough questions and understand we're all imperfect people seeking to be a disciple in the way that we are called to be. We all want our needs to be heard, and we want to feel wanted. Being a church is not meeting the needs of one generation or the other, it's recognizing that we are one generation of God's people for today who are called to have one ear listening to what God calls us to do next and one ear listening to the need of God's people and how we can be in ministry for them and with them. Wayne Gretzky uh, once said that his success in hockey was because he focused on where the puck was going to be, not where it currently was or where it had been. As Christians, we need to have this vision of who we want to be as a church community or as disciples of Jesus Christ. We're leaning in both directions at once, seeking counsel from God, from the Bible, from church traditions, from our history and experience, and the experience of others, while also envisioning what our church can be in the future. The Apostle Paul, in his first letter to the Corinthian church, he said that some people were indulging in overconsumption of the Lord's Supper while others went hungry. Some of us can relate to an overindulging after Thanksgiving this past week. The Apostle Paul says to gather in such a way that was not to really eat the Lord's Supper at all. To feed yourself while others went hungry was not being the body of Christ. To care for yourself spiritually but not to meet the needs of others was not being the church. Rather, in the Lord's Supper, the gifts given to each person by the Spirit are shared with one another for the building up of the common good for us all. In this meal, 
all the different kinds of people come together to express intimate love that is typically found only within our families. To that extent, Jews and Gentiles, males and females, slave and free, old and young, all became brothers and sisters in the family of faith, as Paul expressed in Galatians. See, I love the message translation of Paul wor- Paul's words in 1 Corinthians 12, 27. You are Christ's body. That's who you are. You must never forget this. Only as you accept your part of that body does your part mean anything. You are Christ's body. That's who you are. We are a generation of Christ's body created to walk as disciples of Jesus Christ, being attentive to who God is and who we are as Christ's body, while also being attentive to our purpose of being Christ for the world. To be better disciples of Jesus Christ, especially if you are young or younger, hear me out. We have much to learn about church traditions. If you see someone in this room with a few more wrinkles on their face or a little more gray in their hair than you do, or a little less here, these people would love to talk to you about their life experiences and their faith and their hopes and dreams for the next generation. I am positive that they can teach you about some of their own mistakes that they've made along the way that maybe can help us to learn from them so we don't make mistakes ourselves. There is a reason this church is 145 years old. There is a history here that we can learn from and continue for future generations. You know, the purpose of memorial services, in many ways, is to remember what we learned and experienced from a person's life. So let's not wait until some of us kick the bucket to learn the valuable lessons they have to teach us. Let us learn the stories of our elders and learn from their vast history and their experience of this church. And to be better disciples of Jesus Christ, especially if you have a few more wrinkles on your face and a few more gray hairs or no hair, you need to realize that spending time with younger people has a greater impact on them than you will ever realize. I'm so proud of Sheila and Harold for stepping up to help with our youth more. You know, the passion they have for our teenagers speaks volumes, and I can't wait to see how this continues to grow and blossom as we seek to care for our teenagers more. The little bit of time that we spend with each child or teenager will have a lasting impact on their lives. And you don't have to be a youth leader to have an impact on our young people either. In fact, I'm not even just talking about our youth and our kids. I'm also talking about our younger adults. We all still have a lot to learn from you. Your experience and understanding of our church history and traditions and something we simply do not understand and appreciate like like you do. We need mentors who are willing to sit and chat with us. We need to have an open mind and a willingness to get to know one another, to step outside of our comfortable chairs and talk to each other. My point is, we have a lot to learn from each other. The greatest way for us to shift our culture in a new generation is to be a new generation of Christians, a unified body of Christ that has bridged this generational gaps and disciples who desire to lean in both directions to be attentive to God, scripture, and church traditions, as well as the needs of the people around us and the world that we live in today. Let us seek to do more than access the plethora of information that is on our smartphones. Let us seek to connect with one another and access the information that can only be found from the people in this room. 
Let us no longer isolate ourselves and feel alienated from the people around us. Let us connect with this body of Christ and know how special getting to know one another truly is. And let us not feel threatened by our cultural shift of authority, but recognize that we are all on different journeys, but somewhere our paths are aligned, and when we see that, that is simply beautiful. And may we see that we are more than a people that are just trying to maintain an institution. We are a people who are a part of a much larger picture with a much greater purpose. We are not a people from different generations trying to come together as a church. We are not even a church that exists to prepare the next generation for God's purposes. No, we are a generation in itself today, in this time, a generation is every living person who is fulfilling God's purposes. While there are people here of different age groups, the Bible says that everybody in the church at a particular time makes up a generation, a generation that is working together in their time to participate in God's work. The church is a partnership of generations fulfilling God's purposes in this time. We are a generation of next Christians We can create our own cultural shift where we can restore the church to be attentive to what God is calling us to do while at the same time leaning towards the needs of the people in our world today. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Azel Christian Church podcast. Azel Christian Church exists to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ through meaningful liturgy during worship a public witness through outreach in the community, the nurturing of the spiritual life of every age group, and the witness of each member through discipleship, baptism, and the sharing of resources. To support this podcast and the ministries of Azel Christian Church, visit azelchristianchurch.org. Here you can contribute through giving online or find our Venmo information. If you're looking for a church or simply want to talk to one of our ministers, contact us through our website and we will be in touch. Talk to you soon.